All right, this is another controversial one that'll this I guess this fits in line with the uh, apostasy church false teacher. Where does all this come from? Fit in. It all started me from rereading a book again, and it was a John MacArthur book. And you guys, he has been fired up. Well, and he came I, up this morning and was like <laughs> rocky and up the stairs, like. Well, first of all, I definitely recommend every single one of our listeners get this book. Yeah, it's really good. Because it is, it's called Christ Calls for Reform in the Church by MacArthur. And it is absolutely incredible. I'm still reading through it. I self-admittedly am totally like you with everything. But with reading, this, I, I'm totally like you. I'll start something and like I'll get halfway through it, get and then I'll go to move on to something else and do that. Yeah, his office is so, like stacks of partially read books. Yeah, and then I go back and read again, and I do the same thing. It's a long process, but eventually I get the book read. <laughs> eventually it happens, but I get stuck on a couple parts. Usually, uh, not stuck in a bad way, but that's just the way my brain works. I think when it latches on to something i just cannot move forward i cannot stop from there i have to kind of just go through my own little process i guess which irritates the crap out of you but what are we gonna do that was that on your list yet <laughs> was your... that on for the biblical womanhood story? yeah was that on there yet yes yeah yes that has been on there yeah i've been talking about that i return those things that anger me with a blessing <laughs> <laughs> That was actually what I talked on today. Did you, like, give a list of things that I do? No. I mean, it's not about just throwing you. See, he doesn't watch any of the things I that we don't. do. I don't. It's not a list of just... I shared all the things that were negative about me. Oh. I don't think I shared any... Um, except No, I did share when I was trying to do the one video, and I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, like, the things you do that they drive you crazy. And then I looked over, and I'm like, like my husband's boots that are laying in the middle of the floor, because heaven forbid we, you know, don't leave them laying in the middle of the floor where everybody can trip over them. But instead... I'll just go pick them up and do it with a happy heart because at least I have a husband to be leaving his boots in the middle of the floor. Okay, but I've been putting them over by the, the thing, but the baby grabs them <laughs> and pulls them out to the middle of the floor and tries to put them on. Yeah, that is true. She does. That is that. not. You, you and cannot, these, boots, these rubber like, boots are like as big as she is. So watching her try to put her foot like up and in them, it is pretty hilarious. But that will, doesn't answer the no, like I'll, 15 listen, years of other things. Uh, yeah, I what did I just say? Wasn't that in the video? What? Or was that just me and you talking? Yeah, you you were you were asking me questions. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. what are the things that bother me about you? Mm -hmm. And I you forced me into answering these questions. Yes, I did. And I'm like, you won't forgive me for the person I used to be. You always bring up the past 15 that years, is true. You and did you say just that. did okay, it. Okay, so from now see, on, see I'm everybody. Going to have hope see? and faith that you will be the type of man who doesn't leave his shoes. <laughs> In the middle of the floor, I, or but wherever. listen, I know you're a new creation. In I am a new creation, and you have to let me be. But that being said, I have plenty of flaws, and I am I am proud to admit all of them. And I know I do irritating things. Like I don't. It's kind of like Paul, you know. Like I don't want to do this stuff, but then I find myself doing this stuff. <laughs> like. Dang it! Every time. And then I get mad at myself. How wretched man that I am. Uh, but yeah, no, the point yeah, of my no. videos wasn't to talk about the things that you do. I just shared the things that um, I forced you to tell me that I do wrong. I think if you listen to our podcast and watch your videos long enough, you probably can make a case for what's wrong with me. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Well, I meant like my pot. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty self-admittedly with my pretty up front with my issues i think yeah i don't i mean i don't know i feel like i take a lot of the things that i guess you would label as your issues of just being like things of you like i don't really think of them as issues yeah yeah i don't think you yeah i don't know sometimes until i see you with the hose outside and then i, I don't i like issues. hosing stuff off i don't so know one of those why. people it's you're <laughs> I so really funny. like washing stuff off with those the hose. people that like wash everything off. 
and I like, can't, I'll like, see I'll go to whenever fill up the Heidi chicken's has a hose. water. I'll go to fill up the chicken's water, and then I'll, like, water the rose bush next to it. And I'm, then it's, I'm like, not game kidding over. you. I'm like, game anytime over. Heidi has a hose, she's <laughs> washing the car. She's she's gardening. She's There's, yeah, filling the chicken's water. the there's, bricks the other day. Yeah, there's, oh, my goodness. All right, back to this. We took I don't a know. Weird we get, we took a weird today. turn. Yeah, we did. Pet. I really do. I saw a thing on Pinterest, and it's one of those nozzles you put on that makes it like a pressure washer, like a sweeper thing. And you are so lucky we don't have $20 to spend because I wanted oh, to order Lord, that. Oh, Lord, would thing you please so stop bad. saying that? Oh, you're the one who brought up hoses. Now, now people are going to ask what kind it is. <laughs> just like hosing things <laughs> And now, no, now you just encourage. Oh, jeez. Does anybody else like hose? Like, I, I don't know. I find it like therapeutic. <laughs> That's what's wrong. With you. <laughs> you're just you're just self-soothing out there. <laughs> Why did I take a drink of tea before you? I that? don't know. <sighs> oh, that like hurt when I. Meanwhile, like I'm boiling over, like. Maybe you should anger. start hosing stuff off. Maybe. Maybe I should help. stop hosing things off. We can get two hoses. <laughs> All right, so what is this book about? It's called, it, MacArthur wrote it, I think you said, it's Christ Called to Reform the Church. What's it about? Um, timeless demands from the Lord to his people. I'm going to read a couple points out of it because this is just what just gets me super fired up. Um, just the beginning, this is what it's about. The days, the days may indeed be darkening, but the church's problems are far from new. They've been with us since the beginning, and they are as dangerous to z- today as they were then. In Christ's Call to Reform the Church, Pastor John MacArthur examines the letters to the seven churches in Revelation and helps us better understand Jesus' words to the loveless church, the persecuted church, the compromising church, the corrupt church, the dead church, the faithful church, the lukewarm church. It's not popular in our tolerant times to speak of warnings or punishments, but Christ's message to five out of the seven was simple— repent or face the consequences and that's a message many of us need to hear today it's time to ask yourself what would jesus say to your church hmm. Hmm. interesting okay and so he goes on and i was telling you this earlier i was like i just love how direct macarthur is i think yes. this is where i think i developed a lot of my uh I, I guess my learning style and but I think it's just adapted to my personality in this way. He's just very, very direct and he says things that many other people will not say. Like kind of have that like social filter of like, ah, oh, you're not gonna like what I have to say, so I'm just he doesn't gonna care. stop from saying yeah, it. He doesn't you know? care. Like he's been on CNN yeah. and, and is straight out called people heretics because yeah. of, you know, many different things, but uh, he the the book is fascinating. Like I said, and I've only got a couple chapters in, but just the introduction. There's just a couple things in the introduction that just absolutely. Even mic dropping a few times. Yeah, and I think it's the introduction to this is short enough here for me to read a couple points on and talk on. But the way, especially since like the the Jen Hatmaker mm-hmm. episode that I did and um, you know, where does apostasy come from and all this stuff. A lot of what we're seeing in the church today has to do with how misinformed and misfocused the church is, the church is and how lost we are as a nation in that, I mean, as a, as a, okay, the Christians in the nation, let me sure. say, not a Christian nation. Yeah. I want to be clear. Very clear points, yeah. Um, but where a lot of this comes from and how it plays off of it and how much we have compromised Christianity and how it has become this lukewarm Christianity now that we are, we have now become accepting and this is becoming mainstream. And this is largely, I mean, look, most of the people had no idea that Jen Hatmaker went 
this direction. Sure. And yeah. matter of fact, I didn't even know about it until we did it. But you know, now we get all the recommended stuff. But Todd Friel from Wretched did uh, a Jen Hatmaker a deconversion story mm-hmm. on how this kind of was a little bit of a process because he kind of brought up. Um, well, because people usually don't just walk in looking good and then all of a sudden being heretics. Like, right, it's, right. It's a process. But a lot of people don't even realize this now. And a lot of people just even in, they think that they may be in even in a good church, but they're not even, they don't realize what's going, what's really going on and, and the seriousness of everything. So I think MacArthur does a great job, like I said, and I'll just read the introduction here. In the book of Revelation, Jesus wrote seven letters to cities in Asia Minor. He didn't write them to City Hall. He wrote them to the church. Okay, what is <laughs> He didn't write them to City Hall. He wrote them to the church. Okay, this is not the world. Point number one. This is not the world. <laughs> With that point, let that sink in for a moment. In the closing chapters of Scripture... The Lord did not set his church on a mission to redeem the culture. He didn't advise his people to leverage political power to institute morality or to protest the rule of immoral men. In fact, he didn't launch a social revolution or devise a political strategy of any kind. And I have this highlighted in my in the introduction. Like in this book, I have been like notes, underlining, circling, like scripture cross references. Yeah. The church today, and particularly the church in America, needs to understand that God has not called his people out of the world simply to wage a culture war with the world. Mm-hmm. Amen. We're not meant to gain temporal ground like some invading force working to superficially, quote unquote, Turn this country back to God. We need to shed the illusion that our ancestors' morality once made America a quote-unquote Christian nation. There have never been any Christian nations. Just Christians. Hold on. I'm turning the page. Believers need to understand that what happens in America politically and socially has nothing to do with the progress or the power of the kingdom of God. See where I'm just, mm. <laughs> like, I literally got goosebumps reading this stuff. I probably shouldn't get this excited about this stuff, but if you want to know where my passion is, it's right here. You all should see him right now. I mean, this is... He's like that gorilla that gets up and starts, like, puffing out its chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this set. Because cultural change can't accelerate the kingdom's growth, nor can it hinder it. And if you want a scripture reference on that, he cites Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Christ's kingdom is, quote-unquote, not of this world, as we read in John 18, 36. That's not to say that I'm dismissive of our, of our excuse me, I stuttered that. Moses, that one a little bit. A little bit. Uh, okay, so actually, let me end on that point real quick. And he goes on right here to say that this is what, for all the people, so what are you saying? We're not supposed to do anything good? Like, mm-hmm. what? so what are we supposed to do? Here's what, <laughs> this sums up the point so great. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's not to say I'm dismissive of our democratic process or ungrateful to have a voice in it. It's a great blessing to have a vote and to be able to support biblical standards of morality. Many Christians throughout the history of the church have lived through far worse circumstances than ours, with no legal means to do anything about it. But the presumption that a social movement or political clout could make a significant spiritual difference in the world is evidence of a severe misunderstanding of sin. Oh, did you did you understand what he just said? I have a feeling you're going to talk about <laughs> I it. I am. <laughs> but the presumption that a social movement or political clout could make a significant spiritual difference in the world is evidence of a severe misunderstanding of sin. 
Okay, even in our mainstream preachers, we hear we hear Franklin Graham say this stuff. We hear Robert Jeffers say this stuff. We just had this. If we could turn this nation, if everybody would just do this, that would be a spiritual just awakening and difference in the world. Nope, that comes from a severe misunderstanding of sin. Well, and I feel like that's the point that we've tried to make time and time again when we've ended up on the abortion topic. Right. Now, as a Christian, I am going to vote against things that will, you know, add to abortion funding, abortion ability, you know, all of the, those different things. But as a Christian, I want to live with other people who don't believe in murdering babies. Right, not, exactly. I don't want to outlaw exactly. abortion. Exactly. And, I want man's heart to not want to murder their right, children. Right, and and this is this will even get you excited because oh, he goes on to kind of address what you just said. Okay. Um, let's see. Believers need to put our energies into ministry that can transform lives, Amen. not into laws. Amen. The work of God's kingdom is not about overhauling governments, rewriting regulations, or rebuilding society into some version of a Christian utopia. I love that. And I could just hear MacArthur saying these things. So, I mean, I just I love it. Political and social justice efforts are at best short-term external solutions for society's moral ills, and they do nothing to address the personal, internal, dominant matter of sinful hearts that hate God and can be rescued from eternal death only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So people ask me about social justice all the time. Yep. At best, they are short-term external solutions for society's moral ills. Yeah. Okay. It does nothing. Nothing. Unless you have Christ. And he cites Romans 8, 7 in this too, which go look it up. It's. I'll continue on. Morality on its own is no solution. It damns just like immorality. Write that one down. Morality on its own is no solution. It damns just like immorality. Morality cannot turn the stony heart to flesh. It cannot break the chains of sin. And it cannot reconcile us to God. In that sense, morality alone is empty to save as any satanic religion. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I mean, this dude, I, I mean, I would get, I, mean, I am saying it, but John MacArthur wrote it. Mm -hmm. I would get, I mean, I know he gets slaughtered for these things. And he doesn't care. Well, He's standing on biblical truth. You're here. in Jen Hatmeyer when old white men telling old us. Old white men telling us, of, right. He's part of Right, I, I went through this, I went through that whole thing with, with how the world is trying to shift it. And, and it's just so important that Christians need to see this. And I'm so happy that, that they are beginning to see this. But we need to make sure that we don't get caught in this trap. Uh, the ones that are still remaining out there are the ones that's, that are on the fence that are like, well, yeah, but no, we have to really understand what's going on here. You can't. This is not, this is not negotiable from, from either of our ends here. There's yeah. truth right here, and there's, there's a consequence to sin. Yes. And there's a very, very real imminent coming of Christ that could occur at any second in time. And we don't have time for your stupid little games thinking that you're going to change the world. Because there's only one that can. Only one. Who and are you that you think you nobody, can change the world? You're nobody. Nobody. That that really that really really bothers me because on the kingdom now theology mm -hmm. with making these enemies a footstool under his feet. You're gonna what do that? makes you think in the in his flesh that you can do anything? 
It doesn't matter if you have the Holy Spirit. That's only a seal for our salvation. That still doesn't reconcile our flesh to the Almighty God. Well, and even still, in going and sharing the gospel with others, you're I mean, just it planting... does. Okay, so it does, but I no, mean, but you know what I'm saying. Planting seeds. Right. God's the one who causes those seeds to grow in Correct. people. You can't force Correct. people to come to Jesus. You can be a tool that God uses. But it's God who waters their heart, who opens their heart, who grows that. Not you. All right. So this is where I get really excited. Oh, gosh, you guys. We haven't even gotten <laughs> I haven't really even got excited, excited yet. yet. <clears throat> Here we go. Jesus went head to head with the most religious and outwardly moral people in his world, particularly with the priests, scribes, and experts in Old Testament law. He said, I did not come to call, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. It's Mark 2.17. And in Matthew 23, he unleashed his most searing accusations against the religious right of his day, the party of the Pharisees or the Republicans. These were the most pious men in the nation who kept the law of God and faithfully followed rabbinical tradition. Jesus says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. The word woe is the equivalent of saying curse you. He's pronouncing damnation and judgment on them. He repeats the same phrase over and over in the subsequent verses. He calls them blind guides in verse 16 as they lead Israel astray through their empty and poisonous morality. Donald Trump, Robert Jeffers, all these people that are acting, Franklin Graham. Fox News all the time saying all the things. All of these things. These people are Orthodox Orthodox Christians that are, that are promoting these things and saying these things and giving excuse to a lot of these things. Okay. These were the same type of people that were around in Jesus' day. And he was cursing them and telling them that they were blind guides leading people astray. And they are. Why? Because it gets our mission completely out of whack. Mm -hmm. And the focus gets off of the church and it goes into the world. All right, where did I stop? Oh, here we go. Neither social change nor moralism will ever were ever the message of the old testament prophets they were never the message of the messiah or the new testament writers such has never been god's message to the world at all in fact isaiah tells us that our righteous deeds are like filthy garments in that's isaiah 64 6 man's morality at its apex is nothing more than foul defiled rags hmm. moreover romans says there is none righteous. <clears throat> there is no one who does good. There is not even one. So whatever imaginary righteousness man has, whatever superficial morality he exhibits is just a charade. There is no one righteous, no matter what kind of poise facade people put up. People can change their lives. They could have a moment of crisis and decide they're going to turn away from immorality or addiction and start living a better life. People can, to some degree, clean up their acts simply by applying extraordinary human effort and resolve. If enough of them do it, there can be a slight moral upgrade in human society. But behavioral reform has no bearing on people's relationship with God. It has no means to deliver them out of the bondage of sin into the kingdom of Christ. The best that morality can do is turn people into another batch of condemned Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Morality can't save anyone from guilt or fuel genuine godliness. Pharisees and prostitutes share the same hell. The push for cultural morality or even social justice is a dangerous distraction from the work of the church Amen. gosh and it is everywhere oh my gosh 
everywhere. I'm going to sound like a broken record and call him out again, but this is Robert Jeffers. This is Franklin Graham. This is everybody that's up standing up there and just bleeding this American pride and acting like it's God's will to which... Listen, I've talked about God's sovereignty and stuff before. You, I'm, don't anybody take me out of context when I'm saying this. But acting like it's God's will that Donald Trump, you know, is here to just make America make great, America again, great and Christianity. And listen, praise God for all the different states that have been voting in this abortion, these abortion laws and everything else. Okay, praise God. That's great. We, we can't make any, you know, compromise when it comes to, to the babies. But. Like you just said, I want to live in a world where people don't want to have an abortion, where this isn't even on the table. Well, I would much rather focus our efforts towards serving women that are finding themselves in this situation with talking about, I don't know, things like fornication that get us into these types sure. of situations than just putting all my hopes and dreams into legislative measures to stop right. abortions. Like, right. are you kidding me? Focus your time and attention. Like, during the elections, all you heard people, well, I've got to go with Trump because he's going to stop the abortions. I just hate seeing these babies killed. And it's like, why don't you go and serve the women, I don't know, in your own community who yeah, are... Yeah, why don't you go with Jesus and serve, you know? Yeah. But what do we okay. know? So here he goes on. So I love that. I would write that one down. The push for cultural morality or even social justice is a dangerous distraction from our work of the church. Amen. It wastes immense amounts of precious resources, including time, money, and energy. Ephesians 5, 16, and 17 urges believers to make the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is not a culture governed by societal equity or even institutionalized Phariseeism. The word evangelical is derived from the Greek word for gospel. It originally is signified Christians who understood the gospel is the core and the very essence of Christian doctrine and therefore must be guarded at all costs. But it has been so painted over with social and political colors as to have become a political term rejected by most of society and even most professing Christians. The will of God is not that we become so politicized that we turn our mission field into our enemy. Christians are right to repute sin and to declare without evocation that sin is an offense to our holy God. That includes sin like sins like abortion, homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, and any other sins that corrupt culture says we must accept. But a culture sold out to sins such as those is not going to be turned around. It will not happen. Not by you, what you're doing. No, because in our Roman study, we read in Romans that God gave them up because of these things this is we are suffering the wrath of abandonment from god because we have these very issues in our society and because they are so large that's how you can tell that you are suffering the wrath of abandonment god does not exist in your nation no matter how hard you try or how matter how proud you are and no matter how much you bleed red white and blue he is not here and you ask how i can make such claims because homosexuality immorality sexual premise i mean we can go off of the this abortion all of these things that we just read is proof this doesn't come from me this comes from God's word. Okay, so I wanted to read it through again, though I stop. So, but a culture sold out to sins such as those is not going to be turned around, much less won over by angry protests and partisan politics. It's futile to think that the solution to our culture's moral bankruptcy is legislative remedy. There is no law that can make fallen sinners righteous. See Galatians 2.21 for that. Timothy ministered in a culture that was le at least as bad as ours. Nothing in Paul's instructions to his younger disciples suggested that Timothy should try to re redeem their culture, the culture. 
Indeed, he told Timothy things would get even worse. What the people of this deprived world need is the gospel. They don't need to be told that their sins can be forgiven and they can be set free from the chains of sin in this world's system. Believers have no right to regard lost sinners with contempt or loathing. Our attitude toward our neighbors should be a reflection of Christ's love for them, not an expression of our disagreement with their politics or even their morality. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like that, I was just like blown away by that statement. I mean, it, it couldn't be more true, but I mean, what a bold statement. It's completely biblical, and I mean, he is right on point. But we have no right to withhold the good news of salvation from them, like Jonah tried to do with the Ninevites. Mm -hmm. We ought to make sure that the lost sinners in our lives know that we love them enough to offer them God's forgiveness. There is a holy hatred for sin, but even Christ would weep over the lost in sympathy, and so must we. The world is the way it is today because it is the world, and the church must confront it with the full truth. It's hypocritical for Christians to berate the secular world for the way unbelievers behave when so many churches are validating it either by believing in its ability to be redeemed by human power or by putting on a worldly circus of entertainment and cheap distractions from the real issues. Mm. Make a church much? No donuts. What about the fact that come summertime, churches all across the country are doing their summer series, going through the movies with cutesy little things? Oh, Lord like, Jesus, are what are you doing right now? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. What are you doing? What are we doing? It is time for the church to be about the ministry of reconciliation, for God's people to boldly and faithfully proclaim his gospel and for his church to be the salt and light in this dark desperate world that was the lord's message to the churches in revelation he commanded them to put off worldliness and corruption to renew their love for him and to guard the purity of his gospel in his church virtually every Virtually every rebuke, warning, and call to repentance our Lord makes in these letters is applicable to the church in the 21st century, including many of today's best-known and most influential evangelical churches. <clears throat> most well-known and influential. That's how you know, just the most influential ones. There you go, those ones. Well, the ones with the biggest names, the ones that are... And that's why the things like Elevation... Hillsong, Bethel, you know, these right. ones that are reaching literally millions of people mm -hmm. with their just disgusting mm -hmm. apostasy. Mm -hmm. It's time for us to pay attention to these letters, to those churches in Revelation, and to heed Christ's call to reform his church. I think I'm going to it for the introduction, maybe not. Yeah, that was the inter yeah, that You're was like, the end of the part one. That yeah, that was yeah, chapter one. No, I'm not <laughs> uh, Y'all gonna sit here and listen to the whole book, just hold on. I mean, and then MacArthur goes on to go into the history of uh, the church and the Reformation and going on to the the path of apostasy and how we got here. And it's it's honestly a cry to repent for the church. It is. That's what it, it is. It is really what it is. And um, it's fabulous. And I can't tell you. Heidi found the link. It's 10 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, if you go to uh, Grace to You, that is his, um, uh, his website for John MacArthur. So if you go to gty.org, that's his website, and you go to the store... Um, you can get this. Um, it's originally twelve fifty, but they've got it marked down now for nine thirty five, and you get free shipping. So he's got some other books. That, I mean, he's got some great, fantastic stuff. If you sign up, um, we 
do you sign up at? But if you sign up with Grace to You, they actually will send out every time new books are coming out. They'll send you out a limited time offer to get them for to free. get them for free. He yeah, gives the stuff away for free all, all the, time. the time. Yeah, I got I got this book when uh, during the free. Mm-hmm. Time yeah, I when first came out when yeah. I know when I saw that I got the little card in the mail for it I was like Christ called to reform the church and yes. it had the introduction to yes. it mm-hmm. and I read that introduction and I was like take my money yeah. oh it's free take yeah I was like take my take card everything. and night yeah send it one day shipping to L A to yeah. get this book because so it's uh, it's fantastic highly recommend it like I said Brandon would sit here and probably read the whole book to you guys but um, but I it's it's something that I just I want to shine so much light on because there's no light being shine on it at all this goes against even what well-meaning evangelical christians think and believe Mm -hmm. like completely everything that you know on that is wrong because we can see i i called out jeffers and and franklin and stuff they're the leaders of this pack like yeah, this is the only ones are just the no the, but they are the but they're i would say that they would be the the nation our nation the united states mm-hmm. representation oh, completely of yeah. evangelical yeah. christianity mm-hmm. because they're all buddy buddy with trump they're all you know over the news fox news mm-hmm. you know they're all over that so and I mean, Fox News has been a severe, like, a horrible for for Christianity as well because it's they've got all these group people believing this oh, nonsense sense, yeah. that just gets us completely nowhere. And uh, MacArthur goes out here and he just spits it out like it is. I know um, John Piper is the same way, man. John Piper's gotten a lot of heat for. A lot of things that he says. Like, I mean, I'm just reading the scripture and applying it literally. Like, I mean, it's not that these guys are coming Piper up with these crazy ideas. Piper won't have a an American flag on the property. Of his I church. don't know why you would. I, I honestly, and then you go either. to these churches, especially. Oh my gosh, the you know I know the Catholic churches are big with that too, but um, I mean, but that's not actual Christianity. But you look at that, you know, with the, the flags intermingling, you know, all of the stuff, and it's just like, what are you doing? I mean, you can enjoy where you live. There's nothing wrong with enjoying where you live. I love where I live. It's great. Sure. Sure. Okay, but, but who cares? I'm a citizen of heaven. I, I mean, who it's, it's, cares? Okay. Who cares? What none of this means anything. No. Go listen to the Ecclesiastes study. None of, it who means cares? Nothing. Yes, we're lucky that we live this existence here in this country as Christians that we live. Because we don't have to deal with the things that our brothers and sisters in places like oh, India, we have it so China. Easy, it's um I was just reading a uh, thing on the underground church in Iran. And that, I mean, that's crazy. I can't imagine. No, no American Christian knows anything about persecution. No. In the first sight of anything, they would just crumble. Oh. I mean, it would just. Well, sometimes we say we're lucky we don't have the, but then on the other hand, I'm like, but are we lucky? Are we? I, as Christians, no. We're not. I don't think we are. And I think that's why most of American Christianity today is in the great state of apostasy that it's in. Because if we actually because it had gets to you really deal proud and comfortable, with, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. We are, are proud and comfortable, and we don't know what it truly looks like. We have struggles, and I'm not saying that those are invalid and they don't exist. Right. Because they do. Sure. But let's talk about this. With the the eyes of the world, Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the world. Look at what's going on in India, in the Middle East, in China. I mean, in all of these different places. You look at all of that and you go, gosh, we live our posh little Christian lives without, you know, okay, so a baker got in trouble for baking cake. You know, we got a couple things here mm. and there, a couple of, like, okay, okay, okay. But um, you're not worried today that your family's going to be murdered. Right. But 
okay with the fact that you will still gather together to read any little blip of the word. You're not sitting down memorizing scripture book by book because you know that your Bibles are going to be confiscated and taken from you and beaten. But if it's locked in your head, you won't lose it. Right. Right. That. Oh, my God. That uh-huh. blew my mind. That. Yes. Um, so I say, oh, my God, not in, t- a, not no, in a sacrilegious way. Like, oh, my, my God. God. Because that, yeah, they, memorizing your Bible because you can't take that away. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, it it doesn't. I, I, we don't have any kind of benefit with that. We don't know because here we're just going to have, you know, God make America great again. And all, like, oh, are you kidding God. me? We Let's don't, get it together, guys. We don't have time for this. No. It's ridiculous. There is. It's we're running out of time very quickly. I don't know. If you want to make America great again, if that's truly what you want, if your heart's desire is for the people of this nation, then how about you start showing the people of this nation who your God is, who Christ is. And guess what? Scripture is really clear on how to do that. Live your life is an example. Share the word of God with others. Serve everybody you come in contact. Stop keeping your hopes and dreams in the system and all of the stuff because it's going to continue to go downhill. And go, because when you stand before God, he's not going to ask you, hey, what did America do that was great? He's going to say, what did you do? How did you answer? How did you serve? He doesn't care what you did. He doesn't care where you came from. We're not going to show up and be separated by like, career right country right uh bank account status yeah. like i can't wait for like the extra awards that america being great again gets in <laughs> did you hang a flag but, outside of your house check you get check, a crown you get more you get a point how much americana decor was in your house all right you all get right, a point you get a point there's no there and how you know what we get we house? are so and i've been uh, i've been stewing on this and this is gonna go out publicly i'm gonna get so many comments for this but I don't care. I mean, it, it just, where does your biblical basis from American pride come from? Because, number one, there's no pride. Yeah. Number one, if you're proud to be anything, then you need to go check yourself and read your Bible. Yeah. This goes against everything biblical. Yeah. Make a case for it. It's heartbreaking. Make a case biblically for your pride and where you come from mm-hmm. without completely twisting scripture and taking out of context what God's plan for Israel was in the Old Testament. Okay, go. It well, can't be made. It cannot be made. Let me end this on some scripture about people that may not like this message. Let me remind you of Isaiah 30. I'll start in verse 10. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. So, you know what's really cool about people that are saying all that stuff? God actually answers you. You ready? This is the reply of the Holy One of Israel. Because you despise what I tell you, and you trust instead in oppression and lies. Calamity will come upon you suddenly, like a bulging wall that bursts and falls. In an instant, it will collapse and come crashing down. You will be smashed like a piece of pottery, shattered so completely that there won't be a piece big enough to carry coals from a fireplace or a little water from the well. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be those people. Yeah. So it's not that Brandon has an agenda. Yes, he gets fired up about this topic, but it's not that you have an agenda. Again, it's reading God's word in totality and applying it literally to the world around us. And we and I like to talk about context, and I always like to, to, to t- say what this is about and where this is going. So Isaiah chapter 30 here, the Lord is speaking to the nation of Israel. Okay. And if you've been with us long enough, I've gone through how the church is the exact mirrored example of the nation of Israel. We did not replace Israel. We did not replace Israel. No. 
Absolutely not. We also go listen to my replacement theology. That's extremely satanic. But we are the exact mirror of this. This speaks to us. Paul in Acts quotes out of Isaiah directly to the Jews when he says that... Here, you know what? I'm going to pull it up. While you do that, would you like a red vine? I would. Because somebody yeah. sent us a whole bucket Talk of red vine. Talk for a minute so I can chew. Well, well, Dick and I just took a bite, so I'm chewing too. One of y'all, as I chew my red vine, yeah. sent us a sweet... Shout out to the... Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Shout out to this family. Sent us a tub of red vines as just a sweet and incredibly thoughtful gesture that just made us beyond excited. But we got a big old tub of red vines in the mail today because we've mentioned before, I think one time because Brandon was eating red vines and then choking on them. And then I was like, hey, I want some red vines too. But it's kind of nice to have little sweet treats, a little something to snack on while we sit down here in our ugly basement for hours on end recording these things every day hopefully i don't sound like a monster in this one because that happened last week oh yeah i don't know i've been checking from time to time but i don't think i I don't think i sound like a monster no i'm checking out the headphone i don't think i sound like a monster Hmm. anyways did you find it next okay okay but uh yeah it was looking it up sorry it was acts 28 but uh, when Paul says that the Holy Spirit was right when he was talking through Isaiah the prophet, go to see, you know, and say to these people, what you hear, what I say, you will not understand when you see what I, in uh, Paul goes, this has been fulfilled here with you guys. But Jesus also quoted this to the leader in Matthew fifteen seven, it said the same exact thing. So it's applicable across the board. You know, to and there goes her kids. Anyway, across the board to the church as well. Not all of the promises that were for Israel go to the church. I don't want to get any of that confused or anything. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that the church is definitely we can we can see the the progress and in the history and, and heed the warnings in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That's what it's there for. It's to instruct us so we don't fall to these things as they did. Paul makes the example of not, you know, kindling the wrath of God because, like, he killed people in the wilderness. Like, why would you really want to mess with him? You don't want to mess with him. Don't do that. Look how funny. I just pulled up on Instagram doing something unrelated while I was waiting for you. Grace to you just posted this John MacArthur quote. Any church that aims to entertain the unconverted has placed itself in opposition to God. Amen. And that's exactly what what we're talking about. How funny. Well, and that's, you know, the point of all this stuff. But this is why it's so important. I mean, Brandon watches pastors give sermons all the time. You guys would not believe the amount of, I mean, from across the board, the amount of stuff that he watches of all these different things that he bases these things off of. But there was literally one, just one example. I know it's happened multiple times from this church specifically, but Stephen Furtick, who's huge with Elevation Church, which we've actually attended. We're from Charlotte. Well, we've lived for the past, you know, dozen years in Charlotte area. But um, anyways, Furtick literally standing up before the church saying, and everybody's laughing and applauding and all of this. But when he remember when he stood up and he's like, I'm not here to give you this. This is to get people in off the streets. Like if you're needing something deeper, then you got to go somewhere yeah, else. You're in the wrong church, you, guys. But... I'm not here to feed yeah. you all that. And it's like, are you? do you know what a church is for? Yeah. Our lives and the work we do in the world should be what gets people in the door. Once you are in the door, you are there to grow and to learn and to radically live your life in a completely different way from the world. Yeah. That's what you're here for. Amen, yeah. And instead, we're marrying it with our, our politics and our pop culture and, and all of this you know other stuff. And it's like, y'all, we've lost sight majorly. Yeah, we have. I mean, we've gone... We've gotten completely off track, but we don't have time for it, and we have got to stop. Mm-hmm. And it's it seems simple if we could just get back to the simple biblical truth of this, but we we are running out of time to start paying attention to these things because as 
you know, we are we are definitely in an age of grace right now. But what's coming is nothing nice or pretty. Mm-mm. And we have to remember that no there's a whole world lost out there. And a lot of people in our own circles, our own churches, you know, that don't I don't know, we need that. to lift our true brothers and sisters up and we need to to definitely try it's all about the way we live our lives and in our focus and mm-hmm. and putting our focus in a in in Christ and leaving it there and, and being rooted in scripture so i think that'll be enough for my rant for today on this but i encourage if you are able to get this book and Heck, I'll even send mine out to somebody after I'm done reading yeah. it if somebody wants it. If somebody can't get it, uh, just you'll have to forgive the highlighting and note-taking. But <laughs> I love it. So anyway, we will be back again with more on the series for sure. I got to do another heretic hour. Yeah, you got to find your next heretic you're going to talk about. I'm I'm... I'm very carefully uh, going over a couple ideas for a couple of people, but I want to investigate the matter more, and I want to make sure that they're saying these claims, you know, make sure that these are actually true and everything, and kind of research it a little bit more before I call If you have a teacher that you are wondering about, if you, somebody that you listen to, you're not sure, uh, teacher, author, whatever, send us your ideas. Do you have a potential or a completely outright heretic that you would like, you know, Brandon to do a heretic hour on? Um, we're going to do a heretic hour each week. So if there is somebody that you, you know, like this past week we did guess who's not a heretic. So it doesn't right. have to be, you know, but if you have someone that you are not sure on or you've heard stuff or whatever it is, send it to Brandon. He would love to, sure. you know, dive in and study that, you know, and look into it. So, yep. All right. Anything else for today? No, I think that'll do it. Oh, you feel better? I posted. Do you feel a, lighter? We posted a, a warning message on Instagram this morning. I said, if you want to promote biblical truth, if you want something sugar coated, don't some, come here. <laughs> some get some donuts. Go get some. <laughs> Hilarious. One of you commented, "Can I have both some sugar covered donuts and?" <laughs> Like, and true actually, you know that sounds delicious. I want donuts too. So. I love the leave the keep the sugar for baking. <laughs> you yeah, don't right. Need sugar exactly. To cover your sermons. Exactly. All right, guys. Thanks for yeah. hanging out with us today. We'll be back tomorrow with more podcasts. And um, tomorrow we are going to actually be talking about the rapture. So it's kind of our ah. rapture awareness 101, kind of moving into that. That you guys have asked about end time stuff and rapture stuff. And We're throwing all that a stuff, lot so. of a lot of stuff out here. Yep. So that's good. That'll be out tomorrow. Thanks, guys.